So there's this one element of design that is ubiquitous to whatever kind of space anyone anywhere is designing. No matter how large, how small, whatever activity you intend to do in a space, you have to take this one thing into consideration. What is it? Well, it's light. Lighting affects absolutely everything. I mean, think about it. When you walk into a space, what are you reacting to? You're actually reacting to the ambience of the space, the light in that space. In our next episode, I'm going to be speaking with lighting designer Vinayak Devan, who has a tremendous amount of experience designing the lighting of all kinds of spaces. You're going to want to listen to that conversation for lots of ideas and information. But what if you're not going to hire a lighting designer? Even then, you need to take care and pay attention to the lighting that you're going to use in your home. Have the contractor run you through the electrical drawings and explain where everything is going to go. Now, these kinds of drawings can sometimes be quite confusing and some people are just not interested in looking at drawings. So you'll want them to explain it on the wall, see how it matches your day-to-day activity. For example, how high are the light switches on the wall by the door? Is it at a convenient spot when compared to, you know, how tall the family members are? Are there light points next to the bed? You'll be able to map these things out in comparison to the kind of lifestyle you have. And you can do this simply by looking at that drawing or just making sure that the contractor is being really precise. Increasingly, our homes are also turning brighter and brighter. Lighting is just one of those areas of home technology that's constantly innovating. And as it evolves, you really have the option of having a 24-hour bright space, sort of like one of those Las Vegas casinos where you can never tell whether it's day or night outside. But if, like me, you're a bad sleeper, then which of these lights you select can affect your sleep and your mood. Many, many, many studies have found that white light, especially very bright light in the evenings, can affect your circadian rhythm, which is your body's natural sort of body clock, suppressing the body's production of melatonin, which you absolutely need to sleep. So tube lights, for instance, which really, if I'm to be honest, do not belong anywhere in a home. It gives you the feeling of sterility, cleanliness, and it has a certain sort of prosaic element to them. But they're the worst offenders when it comes to turning a space far too bright and confusing for the body. These white light bulbs emit light at shorter wavelengths. And many studies have found that they suppress the body's production of melatonin much more than bulbs that emit orange-yellow light. So warm orange lights really give you a feeling of intimacy and a sense of cozy, if you will. But again, it really depends on how much and how bright. If your space, especially the room you sleep in, is far too bright, then it will affect the quality of your sleep. Because we're meant to wake up with the sun and we're meant to go to sleep after the sun goes down. But if the space is as luminescent as noon, then your body is going to be fooled into thinking that it's just not time to sleep yet. One great functional option then is to have dimmers so you can increase and decrease the degree of light in accordance with the activities in the room. Talking about light always makes me think of shadows. And you know, there are many cultures around the world that really appreciate the dark. There's this gem of a book 
called In Praise of Shadows by Japanese author Junichiro Tanizaki, where he contrasts the shadows of traditional Japanese interiors and the dazzling light of the modern age. But it's not just with the Japanese. In traditional cultures everywhere, there is so much appreciation for gentle light, like lamplight. In Kerala, where I live, many traditional dance forms are staged at night only by the magic of lamplight. Now, I'm not suggesting we go so far as to live by candlelight and lamplight, but look at the quantum of light that surrounds you. It's a really, really valuable thing to consider. Many designers will refuse to put lights on the ceiling, for instance, because they feel that ambient light or light that just fills the entire room, giving it a certain ambience, is just far too strong, that you don't need so much. So some people will put light only on the walls and add lights to key areas where tasks are done, using task lights, or light up artworks that need to be highlighted. So when you're planning your space, look particularly at the effect of the light in the spaces that you're working in, sleeping in, Invest in bedside lighting so you can read and you have the ability to use things at arm's length. Which then brings me to my other pet peeve, which are switchboards. Now, obviously, we need switchboards. But please, when you're placing switchboards, split up the plug points and switches wherever it's possible so that you don't have those ugly wires dangling down a wall. If you've got bedside lamps and the switchboards and plug points could be placed strategically behind the bedside table so that the wires are hidden away behind the furniture on which the lamp is. You can always turn the lamp on with its own switch and the wires will be out of sight. So these little and big things all go a long way in creating a sense of well-being that gives a space that well-designed feeling. Before I end, I just want to run you guys through that one more time. Really consider the amount of light that you're going to have in the spaces that you're going to be resting in. Please, please, please think about whether you really need white light because orange light is much, much better for our mind and our sleep. And switchboards. Try to split up your switchboards at the switches are where you can reach them and the wires are out of sight. Happy decorating!